Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the NXT No Mercy Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture. One of the Dadly Boys joined by another Dadly Boy, Michael yeah. Sidgwick from What Culture. Michael Hamlet enjoying a well-earned day off. <laughs> And Our holidays run from September to September, by the way. It's October. It's October 2nd. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're here to review uh, the weekend's NXT No Mercy Premium Live event. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube now. Yeah. Where we not only review the show formerly known as NXT but Oh, Reviews, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. Because, of course, on wrestle culture, as I said, they're joined by Sage to review NXT. No, merci. And uh, Sage, was this the best NXT show ever? No, was for me. I adored this. Look, this uh, peaked really, really high in ways that I can't comprehend. Oh, the undercard of which I have actually quite little to say, mm-hmm. realistically. Certain moments, I'm like, oh, you are not ready for this spot. It's a good job you're over. You're not ready for this spot. Um, but I've got loads of thoughts on the two main matches. Okay. Like, quite a few, and I'm really interested in... Like, it's very rare that I get to analyze NXT's in-ring. Yes. But I'm... We are d- always, you know, banging the drum for this show. Skits are the best. Yeah, but a lot of the times, we're just like... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, developmental, developmental wrestling, but um, main roster skits. Basically, yeah, but I some of this stuff was just absolutely sensational some, on this show. Some, but thankfully, the the undercard matches that you may not have so much to say about, I have lots I want to say yeah. about it, unsurprisingly. Um, but you knew you were onto a winner. Um, you, you like me, you may have already seen this on socials in the build up, so it got you even more excited for Saturday night. Uh, the No Mercy intro yeah. video game with Vic, Vic Joseph having his very own. <laughs> Dig, diggity dog. Yeah. Dig, it, diggity dog. He even did it his own way. So if you've not seen it, like they redid the intro character selects and the insert of the N64 cartridge. Can I shock you? Go on. I always preferred um, WCW NWO Revenge. Ooh. I don't know what it is, right? Because I was a big conditioned WWF fan to the point where I saw the WCW toys and thought they looked chatty. I saw the pictures in the magazine. I went, your gear doesn't look as expensive. It just didn't have yeah, that yeah. dick. I didn't know who Dick Ebersol was at the time, but it didn't have that Dick Ebersol quality. Yeah. WCW. Big dick energy. Yes. <laughs> it didn't have... It, it, WCW had this chintz, and I popped into Nitro at the time, Monday Night Wars. And Goldberg captured my imagination. I was always going back to Raw. Raw was my thing. Why is it then? That when there was a No Mercy, I think No Mercy came out after Revenge. Maybe, yeah. Maybe I just loved No Mercy. I just loved uh, Revenge so yeah. much that I just played on it like hours and hours and hours up there with my top five uh, N64 games. <sighs> Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, GoldenEye. Big Banjo-Kazooie fan as well. Oh, yeah. Loved, Classic. Loved a bit of Banjo-Kazoo. Um, so we get that. Potential, I... Maybe perfect I mean, Dark, carry on. Oh, Perfect Dark. I yeah. love Perfect Dark. Oh, my God. Um, maybe I'm reading a little into this, but I think my prediction here and now is Bailey's coming 
back down to NXT next. Thought they needed star power because it breaks my heart. But what is she doing on that main roster? Because when they did like the character select screen, maybe again this is reading far too much into it, and they were like superstar one page, superstar two page, and then like I can't remember what they labelled it, but it was like bonus superstars. All people on there were people who've gone to the main roster and then come back again. Other than I think Bailey, oh. it was like Owens on there, uh, Champa, uh, Gargano. Bailey came back during the 2020. Oh God, yeah, I forgot about era. that bit. Great American Bash here. Oh yeah, did she tag with Sasha, Sasha yeah. or just second Sasha, or did Sasha have two matches? We'll do it again because she's not doing anything on the main roster. Yeah, like not so. doing anything of note. Um, so the show opened with Braun Breaker versus the Undertaker. So, sorry, Baron Corbin. <laughs> Love the entrances. Of course, uh, course I did. It did. He comes out with a big dog head on. And I was like, well, how are you going to top that? How are you going to top that? And Baron Corbin comes out on a motorbike and it doesn't really work because the, the entrance rate of the ring's kind of smaller and stuff. And Booker T's choking on the motorcycle fumes. Um, and they just didn't mess about. They knew that this was not going to be a. They understood the assignment. Yes, exactly. They just brawled everywhere to start off, brawl into the crowd. Corbin fights back. Um, at one point, they get back around ringside. The bell rings at some point. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Breaker charges at Corbin, and he gets slammed instead through the announce table. Oh, there was a bit earlier where Corbin took a break bump on the announce table, and it didn't even goddamn move. Oh God. Love that. Guilty pleasure of mine, that. Guilty pleasure. I take away every, talk about every time it happens. Ooh, who knew? Um, anyway... So Bray goes through the table, and then he sits up like the Undertaker. It's like double, like Spider-Man, me, double Undertaker. Uh, one was enough in the first <laughs> place. <laughs> he spears Corbin, um, and basically he's got the match won. And I'm sat there thinking, it's kind of it's for match, kind of pointless. And then who could come off the goddamn top rope? The goddamn <laughs> Robert Stone. And I was like, no one's gonna like. What this. are you doing up there, Robert? <laughs> I was like, no one is going to like this as a finish. But I absolutely adore it. He flies into uh, Bron Breaker's arms, who uh, hoys him to the outside, where suddenly there's like twenty security guards there to catch Robert Stone. Turns round, end of days. One, two, three. This. Do you know what? Maybe I didn't. I didn't like the match. And certainly the match result was uh, problematic with certain people. But in my head, I know what this means. Yes. And what this is going to lead to. Vaughn's coming back. Vaughn's coming back. Yep. This was... Bad. For a Baron Corbin match, it was quite unfussy yeah. and heated and physical. Um, every now and then. Well, every single time, rather. <laughs> I watch a Baron match and go methodical, methodical, methodical. And I'm into a daydream within two minutes. Did not really daydream during this. They hit each other hard enough. They used the environment well enough. They kept my interest. The finish was stupid. <laughs> it's one of those where it's like, what uh, What do you want to do? Like, if you're going to push Bron Breaker two years into his NXT run, you should probably have him beat Baron Corbin of all people. <laughs> yeah. And I know he probably will in the end or whatever. Like, do you like Bron Breaker? How much do you like him? How much am I meant to like him? How much mm. am I meant to support him? What am I meant to perceive him to be? But you go and do these wild, like, gymnastic moves to protect him. That word takes on an ironic yeah, definition. Yeah. Oh, God, what a waste of time in every conceivable way this finish was. But the action was uh, surprisingly yeah. not tedious. Uh, we get an interview, which uh, I think had already been aired on the, the kickoff thing, but it was uh, very appropriate on this night, especially with the overarching story we were going to get. Mello, Trick Mello gang, Rep Mello uh, and Trick Williams are backstage and they're, they're both confident that they're going to leave as champions. And then we got Trick Williams facing Dominic Mysterio for the NXT North American Championship with the special guest referee, um, one of the hottest stars in WWE arguably right now, Dragon Lee. Um, Dirty Dom does what Dirty Dom does best. Cheats a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, he immediately hit a drop kick um, on Trick Williams whilst Dragon Lee's putting the title away and getting ready to ring the bell and what have you. Uh, covers Trick Williams, but obviously Dragon Lee's busy put, giving the title to the person at ringside. So when he turns around and counts the fall, uh, he only gets to two before Trick can kick out and Dom's furious he's not there counting. Um, Williams comes back, so Dom's like, oh, bollocks to this. Goes to leave, takes his title, um, and Trick Williams cuts him off, sends him back in, um, back and forth between the two of them for a bit until Dom goes for a super kick. Trick ducks and Dom... 
super kicks Dragon Lee. Oh, my God. Took his goddamn head off. One of the best referee cells I've ever seen that from Dragon Lee. Sort of cheating. The, sort of cheating, yeah. But brilliant. He goes down, and I thought, yep. He's completely out of it. The only really, truly good moment in this match, realistically. Trick Williams hits a neck breaker, but there's no referee. Oh. New ref slides in, but the Trick's furious that there's no ref, so he sits up just as the referee's about to count the pinfall. Covers, two count. Um, Williams hit a, uh, a sort of trouble in paradise to Dom's black eye that he already had for a two count. Dom's all shook up from what has happened his eyes already got a black eye from the Dragon Lee stuff for the other week. And he goes to run to, I think, hit the ropes and just runs into the new referee. So he's out. Um, Dom posts trick, misses a frog splash. William tries to recover again, but there's no referee. And I was like, we all can see where this is going. Dom goes to get the belt as a ref for the uh, to utilize it against Trick Williams, whilst because Trick's been like trying to shake Dragon Lee awake and what have you. Goes to get the belt and clobber trick. Trick Williams, though, hits a running knee out of nowhere. Dragon Lee Into slides, nowhere. slides back Into in. Into nothing. One, two, three. A huge pep. Trick Williams is North American Any champion. Any comments on the actual finish and the fact that that knee went nowhere near That's Dom's face? Spectacular. Okay, 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 okay. Um, I, this was not particularly good. Smoke and mirrors. Dragon, when the referee is by some distance the best worker in the match. We've kind of got a problem here. Um, look, I love Trick Williams. I think he's got such star power. At this point, um, he's obviously had a match that a lot of people raved about against Dragunov, but it's Dragunov. It's like, I'm not saying Dragunov's as good as Danielson, but he's WWE's version of Danielson. Mm. Or, you know, Sean friggin' Waltman where if you don't have a good match with him, you suck. You, you just suck. Yeah. So the good news is that Trick Williams doesn't suck. The bad news is that Trick Williams kind of sucks, and that finish was just not good at all, and it's not the first time where he just, his stuff either looks flimsy or he doesn't get the timing right, and that he just doesn't have that I'm a wrestler muscle memory. It just doesn't seem to be coming naturally to him, and it's a shame because he's... He, He's got something that he cannot teach. Yeah. Half of these kick pad wearing schlubs. He even got Booker T on that whoop that trick entrance. Yeah. Going. That's the thing. Like, he's got something that these this horde of schlubs <laughs> on the indie scene, the AEW undercard, the WWE undercard, will never get. And that's personality, some magnetism. Yeah. My, again, this WWE champion needs to go to the New Japan LA, do LA Dojo again. <laughs> I'll say one thing as well. New rule. This pay-per-view, PLE, mm. went, what, two hours, 48 minutes, I think, on Something the network. Something like that, yeah. Right? So they often give themselves a lot of time to play with. I don't think there's a chance of a WWE PLE running over. They always go like three hours, mm. 30 or two hours, 40 or whatever. Like, they're never going 359 or 259. It was always the same with the takeovers, very rarely. Um, what they should do, because a lot of these guys are green as hell, in addition to trying to encourage this culture of improvisation, flexibility, sort of going with it, learning what to do when you mess up, right, rather than try and really carefully orchestrate this match and set everything out and do this, and if you don't, just do it anyway, you know what I mean? Like, do that finish again. Like, do that, finish again. Call the audible, right? Add 30 seconds or a minute onto every out time for every match where it's like, go home, go home. Add an extra minute of nothing onto it in case a finish like this happens. Mm. And then in the back, production, referee, relay from production to referee to talent. Do that again. Unacceptable. Mm. Like, you've you finish and you've just blown it completely. Maybe AEW could do with this as well because I'm sure something like this has happened that nothing is coming to the top of my head, but he completely blew it. It looked atrocious. It really matter because a title change gets a pop and people love Trick, but my, oh, just, I was like, oh, it sucks. Mm. It absolutely sucks. Have the referee just say, kick out, do it again. Joe Gacy's there with Ava. She hasn't got a surname. She's Rock's daughter. <laughs> uh, and reveals, the jism is done. He now has to find his own way. 
Oh, no. Anyway, uh, time for the, um, in my opinion, best eight-man tag of the weekend. Uh, I haven't watched Wrestle Dream yet, so I don't know what that other one was like. Uh, it was a, we mean four-way. Eight-man tag. Four, f- yeah. Four-way. Four-way with t- tag teams. Yeah, that's what I mean, don't I? You've got baby brain, you. Honestly, I'm all Honestly, over I remember place, so. it. I remember it well. I remember it well. A, four, a fatal four-way. Yes. Yes. An eight-man tag would suggest that there's two on each team. Of course. The baby brain. I used to have it as well. I used to be thick as fucking <laughs> I still am. Um, d- d- I'm not going to be doing cartwheels over the AEW one, to be honest. I was, it was good, really good at times, but you know. Not as good as this. It was probably better. It was the family defending the tag titles against uh, Lucian Price and Bronco Nima, with, of course, the man to make sure that everyone. Pay attention, please. I'm talking about scripts. <laughs> Um, the Creed Brothers, preemptive. Oh, my God. Uh, and um, not Los Lotharios. They've got a new name. It's just their names. Uh, Angel Garza and Umberto Carrillo. Uh, the roller coaster of emotions this show, or this match, I should say, took me on. Um, we'll sure, leave, sure. We'll live with me for a long time. I was very involved in this for obvious reasons. Shall I say, very quickly, before you really get into the zone here... My thoughts. Yeah. I thought it was fun, very messy, but in a way that was a feature, oh. not a bug. It was an ally with a shot, but it was compelling. Um, I think NXT's got the best tag team division in wrestling. Stupid. Uh, <laughs> Tony D, his big comeback spot, oh. and that kind of, like... Spine buster, spear, oh. catch move. Oh. It was absolutely awesome. Um, look, this was exactly what you'd expect and want from a combination of wacky, green, and also great, in some places, talent. And action. Quite rightly, uh, the men's and women's world title matches are going to get the plaudits from this show. But before you watch that, if you've not watched No Merci, watch Wrestle Dream. Watch this first because it was jaw-dropping, in my opinion. Especially because early on, back and forth, like you say, just carnage with the with the four teams. And Tony D, our guy, goes to hit some sort of double team move on Gaza and Carrillo. And he goes down clutching his knee. Uh, I was there at Mania when Boogs did the exact same thing. And I was like, I was heartbroken then. This was like heartbreak on heartbreak. Because I was like, already doing the maths in my head of like, right, he's injured. Why would they do that as a spot? It's nine months. He's gone. That means the tag titles are gone. That means what are they going to do with stacks in the interim? Is he going to still be able to come and do the podcast? We've just launched the video podcast channel. What does this all mean? He goes down, like I say, all flashbacks of Rick Boogs. As Tony D's getting checked over and walked out with no uh, fanfare, let's say. Not that there would be fun. You know what I mean? No, like, attention. Almost deliberately, like, hey, anyway, yeah, it's the wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh-oh. Stax is getting his ass handed to him, by the way. Um, Ivy Nile comes out of nowhere. And uh, drop kicks scripts uh, before he can get involved. And I was in a very low point of that. And then who could come and lift me out of it? But the sort of family's new mates, sort of. The Creed brothers. Oh, my God. Who are f***ing phenomenal. Both of them. Julius Creed, quite rightly, gets the attention. And you're right, Sige. He is going to be the one, arguably, out of those two. When they go up to the main roster, that will be a star, if booked correctly. But God damn it if I don't love me some Brutus Creed. Oh, I love as well. Brutus Creed. Julius comes in and just gives every thing that has a pulse in that ring a suplex. He hits a double Northern Light suplex on OTM. He just, yeah, throws everyone all other place. Brutus gets Gaza in an ankle lock. Eventually gets broken up. Then um, Bronco Nima and Lucian Price come in. They run wild for a bit. And um, they, I think they've, they've isolated stacks at this point. They've tried to come and break things up. And they're just bullying him. Yeah. They're holding him up. And now there's the, the sort of four-man heel team, despite the fact they've every team for themselves, of course. 
And uh, OTM are holding stacks there up, and he's trying to fight his way out, and Umberto's trying to soup kick him and what have you. And and I'm thinking, this is how it ends. He gets isolated, gets the crap beaten out of him, and then he's like, Tony, where were you sort of thing? I'll tell you where he was. He was coming out from the back, right, with Biff Music or whatever it was. Who was it who was with him? I think it was only Lorcan. It was Biff maybe. Music, yeah. yeah. His knees, oh, only, yeah. his knees, yeah, his knees got the tape on it. He's got, it's, it's in a brace. He's limping out. And they're like, Tony, you can't do this, man, right? And he's like, out of the way, Oni. He puts him, gets rid of the officials. I'm like, here we go. He gets in. He's limping. He's so hurt. And he is the one, one-legged man in an ass-kicking context, except he kicks absolute ass. He uh, just sends OTM all over the place, sends them into each other. Out you go, <laughs> right? And then uh, I can't remember who it was who comes off the top. I think it's Carrillo, uh, comes off the top, and he does a one-legged, a one-legged, like you say, spine-buster slam yeah. thing. Oh, my God. I was out of my chair at home. Keep it quiet, because Eric's asleep upstairs. And they, they get to the spot where the Creeds and the family... Have each got one of the gits on the turnbuckles, and there's a four-way superplex. This is awesome. That's me at home and the crowd in the arena. It's awesome. So, and then, just as you think, great, take it home, boys. Tony D gets taken out with an assisted power slam by uh, OTM. I think Stax comes in and saves him at this point. I can't remember. It's all gone to pot here. And then, oh, what a minute, just... Um, Please, sir, a little bit more. Cannonball from Brutus to the outside wipes out everyone. Suddenly, I'm doing the maths. Oh, no, 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 a second, he's taking out Gaza. He's taking out Carrillo. He's taking out Nima. That means they're on the outside. And Julius is there. Oh, my God. Tony D and Saxon in the ring. And they get Price. That double team spine buster finish thing. Bada bing, bada boom, whatever you're calling it. One, two, three. The family have kept the titles. Yeah. It's the best night ever. I love this. I'll give you my thoughts. Can't beat that. So uh, let's move on to the Heritage Cup. Yeah, let's do that, actually. Yeah, yeah! Yes, yes, Come on, sit down. Where the hell's that goddamn part-time hamlet? We were just asking the same thing to me. Yeah. Stacks. Still attention. What do you think, Sidgy? Congratulations, Stacks. Not only was that a real achievement, but I thought it was one of your best in-ring outings yet. Thanks, Sidgy. Thanks, Willie. Hey, good work, Stax. I'm so, so happy for you. Anyway, no time to lose. Sidgy, what's the deal with legs? Huh? Legs uh, are a part of the human anatomy. Their function is to help you to move, basically. They help you to walk, to uh, to jog, to sprint. They are vital in swimming. Um, yep, they're limbs. Uh, we might ask Tony D hurt, hurt a part of his leg. Yes, okay. He's okay. I still will follow it up on Tuesday. Um, did uh, you hear about the uh, women, uh, woman who found her lover cheating and went to cut off his penis? Uh, she uh, missed and hit his thigh, and she was charged with a Mr. Wiener. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Three questions, three that's jokes good, for you. That's good, Saxy. question joke number one. What do you call a man with a knife in each leg? Uh, knife in each leg. In each leg, like is it one of the? He likes to go like deadpan. Yeah, he's gonna go <laughs> injured. But I feel like there's a yeah, some kind of pun or joke. Knife. Two Tony knife. See, I'm just why I don't do this. Injured. Good thing. All right. What do you call a man with a knife in each leg? <laughs> you call him a f***ing ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to be a dead bad thing. Think of the theme here, Sidge. What do you call <laughs> a woman with one leg shorter than the other? Hmm. I don't like this is where this is going, to be honest, Wilborn. I don't know about no, you. Uh, one leg shorter than the other. I just feel like it's going to be offensive. Uh, maybe, yeah, probably. <laughs> Should we just pass to save our bacon? Here? Why is it a woman? Oh, because they put on the name. Oh, maybe, yeah. Uh, so, like, what? What's a, what's a woman's name? Hilda came to my head. <laughs> Jennifer Claire. I'm thinking like limp, but then don't you dare say Peggy. No, no, he wouldn't. I don't think he'd say that. Don't you dare. No. What, what's the answer, Starks? 
at the punchline. <laughs> what do you call a woman with one leg shorter than the other? Eileen. Eileen! <laughs> okay. No, that's pretty, that's okay, I well, think. It's just a theoretical woman. Final question for you. And it's a woman's name. Yeah. What do you call a medical professional huh, with doity knees? You know what? I've got absolutely no idea. Well, Sid, I'll just tell you. What do you call a medical professional with doity knees? The head nice. See you later, guys! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bye, Bye Stacks. He loves being filthy, doesn't he? Yeah. He absolutely bloody loves it. Uh, anyway, bye, uh, and it. NXT, no, merci. Uh, tricks in the back with Mello, and there's a wonderful moment where they've, they've both got gold, and I thought... Fleeting. Yep, enjoy this while you can. To be honest, I never thought they'd go with Dragunov. Is yeah. The face of that brand of the champion, I just thought, he's that weird guy who can do good matches. Yeah, NXT UK, that's fine. No one yeah, cares about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, But, um, yeah, the moment I saw this, I thought, uh-oh. I went a bit, uh-oh, but at the same time, I was didn't think they'd go with that weirdo Ilya Dragunov, to be honest. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Uh, right, Becky Lynch is shown uh, gathering weapons in a shopping cart ahead of the main event, of course. Uh, and then it was time for the British rules match, uh, the, the the Heritage Cup, Noam Dar versus Butch. And they did the impossible here, Sige. They made me care about a Heritage Cup match. I threw the strength of everything that isn't the Heritage Cup or the characters or the booking through the work, basically. It was just, it was like a weird, what is it, six rounds? An 18 minute. 18 minutes. It was an 18 minute Iron Man match. And I, I really kind of got into it because Noam Dar's such a shit house, effectively. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Oh, the busy afternoons were on your head off you, Will. I know, yeah, I've, I've made a rod from my own back. Um, so Butch is better than Noam Dar. It, it, that's not, not up for debate. Yes. He controls him. But right at the end of the round, the, the bell rings. Butch stops. No, I'm not. Just cheap shots him. And I was like, okay, well, I can see where this is going. So he got he gets the edge in, in round two. I'm not going to go through every single round, to be perfectly honest. Uh, and then Lash Legend and Jakara Jackson, or Mensa's there as well. They Lash and Jackson distract the ref. Mensa nails Butch with a kick. Uh, Dar hits that brilliant flying insiguri that he has. One, two, three. He's one nil up after two rounds. Um, then Butch came back and hit a bitter end to tie it back at one all. Uh, Dar's trying some submissions in round four. Uh, Butch fights back. He's got him in a submission. Dar's passing out, and he's saved by the well, the referee's <laughs> poor work, effectively, because his arm goes limp, and the ref doesn't check it. And just as he's about to, the time runs mm. out. So we go into round five. Law. <laughs> no, I'm Dar spinning back elbow. Uh, Butch hits a double underhook suplex off the ropes for a two. Dar hit a brain buster on the apron for two. He taunts Butch. Butch snaps his fingers. Oh, you know oh my God. For the brain buster. Yeah, that was good. Uh, and Butch, in a bit of uh, revenge for earlier, round five ends. 
and he just stamps on Dar's hands. <laughs> and he's like, ah! And Lash basically has to tape up his fingers for the final round. And they just go for it here. Consecutive spinning back elbows from Dar. Butch hits a German suplex. Mensa hits Butch with a kick behind the ref's back. Dar hits that Nova roller for a great two. Tyler Biet, who's in Butch's corner, wipes out Mensa. Butch hits Dar with a Tyler driver 97. One, two, kick out. Bitter end. One, two, kick out. He arm bars him. He's going to win the Heritage Cup. And then who's going to be at ringside? But After 18 minutes in a six-week tournament. A <laughs> gallus to attack <sighs> Tyler Beard. Butch dives out onto them. Uh, this you know, gets the referee's attention, of course. Butch slides back in. And Joe Coffey, almost stumbling as he gets into the ring, I'd like to mention, hits that discless, discus clothesline on Butch. Dar covers Butch. One, two, three, he retains the Heritage Cup. It looks like, fittingly, they're putting all the uh, British uh, all the British guys on one island, which is, might not be the most sinister island. Um, <laughs> somehow, there's a more sinister island than that. Um, I, I don't know why you would do such a long tournament to not... Surely if you do something to that extent, you do a title switch. Yeah. Heritage Cup. Uh, I was kind of just, oh, all right, a TV finish for an 18-minute takeover adjacent match that like followed something I had to watch a lot of over the preceding weeks. I get that it functioned to put various stories over at the same time. A tournament's a useless, uh, useful mechanism like that. I just, uh, <laughs> all that for a Gallus run-in. I just looked at my watch, and at that point, it was... <laughs> well, thankfully, what came next was, I mean, show-stealing, without question. Yeah. And uh, an instant classic, basically. Uh, I think I had my reservations going into this, because I enjoyed the, the match, sorry, one second, at the... And God bless the United States. But I'd kind of seen it all... I know what I'm going to get here, but except maybe with a title switch. Boy, did these boys turn me around on this match. Jesus Christ. Carmelo Hayes, Ilya Dragunov, NXT Championship. No messing. Uh, Dragunov running boots him and just, it's just, all oh, the veins are already popping out. Hayes has to catch himself, finally gets a moment, fires himself back up, spears Dragunov. Uh, Dragunov takes his head off uh, after dodging a springboard from Hayes with a lariat. Machine gun chops in the corner, a boot to the back of the head. Jesus. Hits the chops, and then at one point, Hayes catches his arm, and suddenly there's a moment there, and he fires back with chops of his own. Uh, oh, God. A leaping enziguri from Hayes, and then a springboard bulldog that spiked Dragunov on his goddamn head. Oh, oh. I don't know why, at what point this happened, so I just want to mention it now so we don't miss it, Sige. At one point, Dragunov got busted open, and I went full UFC guy. I thought he'd... I didn't go, just bleed, because until I realized, oh, hang on, this is different, it looked eerily similar to Katsuyori Shibata when he'd suffered a subdural hematoma. When he had to have his brain removed. When he saw, yeah, <laughs> yeah, when he's... It's weird how... <laughs> he's ruined it, hasn't he? He's ruined it because, like, it's a meme now. Yeah. He's crying. Shabbat's crying. When he, he nearly died, but he's crying now. Yeah. Like, it was that trickle of blood. I was like, oh, ooh, yeah, it's dark, isn't it? That is nasty. That could go, that could be an internal thing. Uh, but nah, it was, I think it was just a really horrific gash in the same place. Uh, Obviously, it is, otherwise, you would have heard that. Dragonov nearly died. <laughs> yeah, so Dragonov comes back, running knee, huge power bomb. Uh, Hayes. Tries countering Dragunov coming off the top with a code breaker, and Dragunov just catches him, hoists him up, and then just slams him into the turnbuckle. The crowd loving this. Coast to coast drop kick gets a two count. Uh, Dragunov gets him up, superplex. Hayes comes back with a code breaker. Dragunov sort of stumbles back and then just springs into an H bomb for a great near fall. He goes to the second rope, hits another huge H bomb, and I thought, well, that's it. Two count. Hayes kicks out, hits a super kick, he gets a two count. They fight on the apron. Hayes hits this awkward looking cutter off the apron onto the floor. It looked almost better for it looking yeah. crap given how fatigued they both were. Hayes goes up top, but as he's coming off, Dragonov just nails him with a mid-air clothesline. Dragonov goes up top, hits a super H-bomb forearm thing. One, two, three. Ilya Dragonov is your new 
NXT champion. He helps Carmelo Hayes to his, face, uh, to his feet and they embrace afterwards. Um, and Dragunov, quite rightly, goes bonkers celebrating afterwards. He finally has managed to do it. This is five stars for me. This was, look, it's weird, right? Is it? It was a completely different experience to anything I ordinarily watch in this company, but mainly everywhere. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was a five-star classic. I don't know if the heat was quite there. Mm. Obviously, the fans got really massively into it by the end, but it was kind of a babyface versus babyface match, and he got mild dueling chance, and then the fans really, really got into it. It didn't have that intoxicating atmosphere, and it was like... It was so unsettling for a WWE match. The rhythm of it was so unusual, and the feeling I got watching it wasn't, oh, I'm on a journey watching a classic wrestling match. It was, are these two going to be okay? Is one of them concussed? (laughs) Yeah. It was just so vile, disgusting, attritional. It felt like a war. It barely felt like a performance. Yeah. It's so anti-WWE, and maybe that's why I was so gripped by it. It was absolute phone-down stuff, this. Absolutely. Not a second. No. I started going on it. Like, it was just such a strange match, even in the context of WWE. I Mm. think in any context, this would have been so jarring and unsettling, and it felt like a really intimate, horrible, attritional war. Now, I'll tell you, right, one of my pet hates in wrestling is that no one is, in my head, really good at selling when when they're, like, being hunched over the turnbuckle. Mm. It always feels like, well, we're going to do a move here. How do we, we have to sell? Otherwise, I'd just get down before you come and climb next to me. I felt like, is he going to fall off this top turnbuckle? <laughs> I thought the selling here, not that it needed to be, because they really hit each other hard, mostly in safe spaces, but not all the time. Mm. There were certain kicks in the back of the head. Oh. It's a good job I'm a ghoul, right? <laughs> and these people are getting paid decent, decent money, and they like to do it. So I'm not like a safety police guy. I imagine... I think Michael Hamflat, I don't want to speak for him. I think he would have hated this. Oh, yeah. I think his proper Bret Hart sensibility would be like, why are you hitting each other that hard when he can just fake it? Mm. Or you can, like, work it. I don't think he would like this. Um, it's just, like, video nasty, this. Like, it was, some of the shots were just genuinely, like, oh, repulsive. Yeah. Absolutely repulsive. And there was just this unusual rhythm in a way I can't pinpoint where... Yesterday did some high spots, like a Van Terminator, which happened after the first one got reversed. And, you know, it, it, the structure of the match, it wasn't unlike anything I've ever seen or anything daft like that. It, you know, spots, double downs, later on, speak, spikes of excitement building the high spots. But it was just the rhythm was, like, really ugly. And <laughs> yeah. has, has this gone awry? And it just had this really dangerous, horrific tone. Um, I don't think it was a masterpiece of a wrestling match. I don't think it had that crowd investment. Um, I don't think it had, like, I don't know. It was an experience more than a classic wrestling match. That'll yeah. stay with me for a long, long time. I agree, yeah. Um, we'll try and get Hamlet's thoughts on this on the NXT preview tomorrow, by the way. You're really knowledgeable about this sort of thing. Normally, after you've heard him talk about it on Wrestling Observer Radio... Do you think Dave goes five on this? I know you, you might not think it's five, but do you think Dave, this felt oh. like a very Dave five? Well, Alvarez on Twitter said it was too disturbing at times, but he described it as an absolute all-out must-watch classic. I don't think it was that. It was something different. Mm. Maybe something as impressive. It was just so odd and unusual. If you don't watch NXT, and a lot of people just, thankfully, and thank you for this, do it so they can listen to our bollocks. Like, watch this. Yeah. Like, watch this. Absolutely. Uh, Meltzer, you'll say, oh, they hit each other too hard. It was reckless. Five stars and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, we find out that the breakout tournament starts on Tuesday. We'll preview that then, as well as uh, Butch and Tyler Biet versus Gallus. And uh, Gigi Dolin versus Blair Davenport. Gigi attacked Blair after she won a match on the pre-show. Uh, and then I was thinking, right, how on earth do you follow that with an Extreme Rules match as well? Um, it was Becky Lynch versus Tevin Stratton with Tegan Knox, obviously awaiting the winner on Raw tonight. We'll try and talk about that a little bit later on today uh, at ringside. And I really like the touch no of uh, Becky Lynch 
wearing a T-shirt with all the names she cares and she fights for. Her husband's name's on there, her daughter's name on there, and just a lovely touch, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's name, name was on it, yeah. Um, yeah, Tiffany's made her entrance. Becky makes her entrance, stops, goes back. Tiffany's like, where's she going? She comes out with the <laughs> shopping trolley full of weapons. Uh, they immediately get into it. Um, I'm not going to, you know, I don't, we don't go too hard on, on botches and what have you because it's, you know, we never take a bump in our lives and it's just, but I did find it quite hilarious that Becky did the big thing with, I'm going to put this hard hat on and headbutt her. Oh my <laughs> God, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> and then it fell off as she drew her head back and she was like, right, repeat that spot. And I was like, don't, it's just a headbutt, it doesn't matter. I think the third time she looked like cross with herself. Yeah. So, all right, okay, that's failed. God damn it. Uh, so they fight into the crowd. They fight up the stairs. At one point, uh, Stratton's got Lynch in the handrail and stuff. So Lynch turns around to, I think they said it was her stylist. Some guy basically handed her a gold chain. She nailed Stratton with it, and Stratton got busted open straight away by this shot. Uh, so, obviously. Oh, my God. Um, Stratton comes back, kendo stick shots, steel step shots. Uh, Lynch puts Stratton into the shopping cart, shoves it into the steel steps. That's a funny visual. Um, Becky Lynch pulls out a black bag, and you're like, oh, God, broken glass, thumbtacks, really bloody go. Nope, broken up bits of poppy doll, which I quite liked. Yeah, and it's one of those where... You know, a bit like they did. They do spots in like indie shows. It's like we haven't got glass, we haven't got thumbtacks, we've got Lego, and that's much worse. She yeah. hoists that into the ring, slams Stratton onto the dolls, gets a two count. Stratton bails. Uh, I like Lynch just hoying the bits of dollar at her, and Stratton using the bin lid as a sort of shield. Um, Stratton fires back with a trash can. Uh, oh yeah, Lynch. Actually, I should say put her in the trash can and hit a leg drop, but Stratton comes back and hits a spine buster onto the trash can on Becky Lynch. Stratton gets all of the chairs remaining in the arena, hoys them in there, um, but at the time it's taken, Lynch comes back, slams Stratton onto it, puts her in an arm bar. No rope breaks, obviously, it's an Extreme Rules match. They roll out of the ring, and Stratton uses her strength to slam Becky Lynch onto the steel steps. Apparently, Becky took a real laceration to her arm. I feel like this might have been the spot that it happened. Um... Lynch superplex Stratton into the barricade and got a table, but Stratton comes back with a kendo stick. Stratton sets up the table and then's like, "Where's Becky gone?" And they do the whole. <laughs> she oh. keeps going away. As you go, do the whole looking under the rings, go, fire extinguisher. I can't believe it. Uh, Lynch pulls out a barbed wire bat, uh, hits Stratton with it. Another big swing from Becky Lynch, and it. Thankfully, it looked relatively safe, this barbed wire bat. There was no, like, Mick Foley edges sticking out of it, which is a good job because I have no idea where that ended up when she swung and just it went flying. Um, brilliant spot. Lynch is leaning up against the barricade, and Stratton comes out from out of nowhere. It's preposterous handspring elbow that just explodes the barricade. I thought it looked fantastic. She uh, puts Becky Lynch on a table outside the ring, sent on bomb off the top, which sort of half breaks the table, which I think yeah. might be my new favourite. Yeah. Don't not break the table. Don't break the table. Half break the table. Oh, my God. And I want to give a shout-out. I can't remember who said this on Twitter. Someone pointed out, if you watch it back in slow-mo, Stratton hits her. Table sort of half breaks, but obviously because it doesn't break, Stratton's momentum sending her forward. Watch it back, not to pull back the curtain too much, but Becky Lynch just stops Stratton's momentum, just shows what a true yeah. professional that she is. Um Stratton puts Lynch in the ring, another senton bomb for a near fall, uh, goes for a moonsault to the outside, but Lynch moves and hits a manhandle slam on the outside when she gets her back in. That's a two count uh, for Becky Lynch. Stratton hit a rolling fireman's carry onto the chairs, went for the big, prettiest moonsault ever, missed it right on the chairs, manhandle slam onto the steel chairs from Becky Lynch. One, two, three. Becky Lynch retains... And uh, there's a nice moment of Knox acknowledging, acknowledging her as she celebrates with a bell. What a match this was as well. I didn't like it that much. Oh, you're I fan? liked it at the end. I liked it at the end. Yeah. I liked it. There was three or four minutes at the end where I thought, this is what you want from a WWE-style plunder brawl with an athlete like Stratton. As you said, the, um, the cartwheel backflip into the barricade oh. is quite novel. Oh my God. Very novel spot. You made use of the character. It was a very different way of using that environment. The bit where she did the, like, a senton on, was seated Becky Lynch, and that yes. all collapsed into the barricade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, again, like, if you're going to use Tiffany Stratton with her style in that environment, 
like blend the two together to make some cool uses of the destructible environment at ringside. Elsewhere, I thought this, I just thought it was so rushed. Like, I thought this was so rushed. They did so much and they used every weapon under the sun <laughs> while at the same time, nothing looked anywhere or felt on that visceral gut level anywhere near as violent as the preceding match. Mm. So maybe they could have swapped this around or spaced them apart because I'm thinking you're using every weapon and nothing looks as violent as Ilya Dragunov's body. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought up until the last three minutes where the character and the environment really start to come together in a way that I found really like creative and entertaining and dramatic and quite spectacular for you know brief moments. Like they, there's a spot right where, and I can't remember the weapons involved, but I was thinking, what are you doing? If you're a character, even in this silly context, that is a wrestling match, like, what are you doing? So Tiffany Stratton withdraws from under the ring, like, a, a toolbox, and she gets a weapon, she takes it out, hits Becky once, puts it down, gets another weapon, hits Becky once, puts it down, gets another weapon, hits Becky once, puts it down. It's like, you realize all of these weapons are, like, <laughs> yeah. incredibly deadly, blunt instruments, and you're going, I'll use this one, and then I'll use that one. Becky's barely selling these because she's on offense like 30 seconds later, and I'm like, let's pick one of those weapons, do a nice deliberate assault. You could win the title back. But it was just boom, boom, boom. And that's, that sequence is just gone in the blink of an eye and had no bearing on the rest of the match, and I'm thinking, what the hell have you done that for? I liked the Barbie so much more yeah. because I don't know if it's, again... Being a parent has affected my life in every conceivable way, and that has bled into pro wrestling and my coverage of it. I've stepped on toys. Oh. Uh, it kills. It kills. So if I got, like, a spine buster into some of James's, like, toy cars oh. or whatever, like, ah, I'd be complaining about that for weeks. <laughs> so whenever I see a toy, and it's the same with Lego, it's like, I think everyone's done it at some stage yeah. of their life. Uh, I mean, unless you're, like, Oliver Twist or something. <laughs> um... So you, get, you can feel that vicariously. Um, but I just felt like one weapon was introduced, completely abandoned and barely sold. And if I was like 50 bits of plunder. And I just thought they completely overthought this completely. And then the last five minutes, as good as they were, it was still a WWE plunder match at the end of the day. And it was nowhere near as unsettling and as violent as that semi-main. So I, I can imagine... If you don't find NXT fundamentally stupid and like it on those terms, yep. then you probably thought this was really good. Yeah, I was absolutely buzzing at the end of this, right? And uh, a bit like if you go out for a really nice meal and you decide, you know what, we're going to really splash out here. We're going to have full three courses. We're going to have uh, maybe a Potato skins, margarita pizza, yeah, the ice cream. Yeah, and you're like, well, I'm absolutely stuck. I couldn't, I couldn't eat another thing. And then they bring the, the, the uh, what's it called, bill out. And you go, oh, great, sweet. Yes, hard-boiled sweet. And that was the end of this show. I was like, oh, I that was, this was absolutely sensational. I couldn't, I couldn't watch another thing. And we go backstage, and there's new North American champion, the A champion, some might say, Trick Williams there. And Carmelo Hayes, the former world champion now, approaches him. And Hayes apologizes for losing. And Williams says, hey. Don't you worry, you fought like a champion. I'm proud of you. And they embrace. But that, that's not half the tale here. Because there's a look. It's very subtle. You have to really pay attention. You have to pause it at the right time. There is a look from Mello. He's not looking at Trick. He's looking at that belt on his shoulder. Jesus Christ. And when he goes to sort of tap him and say, hey, thanks, he doesn't touch Trick Williams. The only thing he touches is that North American championship. Trick Mello gang's days are numbered, and this is awesome. What do you think that symbolized? I think he's going to betray him and kick his ass because he's got the A Championship, which Mello kind of prefers, to be honest, to the world title. And I just wish I'd uh, called this earlier on in the week. Oh, wait, I did. I said it literally verbatim to Michael Hamflick. Go and check out the other podcasts, you know, and just subscribe to the What Culture Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel as well. But you'll still get audio. Oh, he's, that's, yeah, nothing's going to change there. Hamflick was like, oh, I think... Uh, even if, I'm going to make Nicholas work for this. 
You bleep the swears on YouTube. Like, I'm not going to change anything. Don't no. worry about that. Give him more work. He was like, oh, I think Mello retains. I think Trick's just, you know, Valiant lose. I was like, no, you've got to see big picture. It's it's the D word that, that Sid uses that I'm not allowed to. It, I, I can you see, it, see it out spreading out in front of me. And now, the, on top of this show, that conclusion is better than I could ever have imagined. I loved no mercy, and then they're promoting AXT Delane coming up uh, very soon with um, the greatest new match type ever. So let us know your thoughts on uh, NXT. I'm a bit in the arena, are they? I'm a bit giddy, um, as you may be able to tell. And if you want to hear um, uh, that, but with no, you know, calming influence of uh, Michael Sidgwick, go and check out the SmackDown review from earlier. It's just me shouting a load of catchphrases in this room for 30 minutes, effectively. I, I couldn't join today because I didn't know I was meant to watch SmackDown, so I only watched the highlights. Yes. And I was very stuck into my ups and downs on WrestleDream, whatculture.com slash WWE. Um, I'll say it all again on the podcast. Yeah, so. we're reviewing it live on YouTube, 3.30 p.m. UK time tomorrow. Uh, do join us for that. We'll make sure you subscribe as well so you can send us questions. But for now, this has been the NXT. No! Merci! Uh, review. <laughs> Saying it like it's the last time is if in the next five weeks you're going to go. And if you recall, <laughs> yeah, yeah. NXT No uh, Mercy, uh, Great American, great, and then before that was Great American Bash. So oh, bad. sorry, it's wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, check out the SmackDown review uh, if you want, and uh, you can uh, join me and Sige later on today for the Raw preview. But for now, this has been the NXT No Mercy review. Uh, my thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thanks to Stax as well for popping in. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And wait, we'll see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.